Okay, so we're in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, and we're going to be reading about what Jesus had to say about humbling ourselves. Let, let me see, I know I said that jokingly just a moment ago, but let me see the hands of the people that every once in a while, you can just be a little bit too full of yourself. <laughs> see, I knew you came at the right time. I knew you came. I knew you came at the right time. Matthew, uh, <laughs> was your hand up? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, I, I, I always want to be humble. I know I'm not, but I always want to be. But then sometimes it's like something gets a hold of you, and you just think, well, you just ever get out of sorts? We shouldn't. But you ever do that? You know, when we think about ourselves. You ourself, didn't answer the question. Yes. You went right by that question. <laughs> did you notice how she went right by that question? <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's when we're thinking about ourselves more than we're thinking about others. We get ourselves in a position where we can consider what we need, what we feel to be more important than what somebody else is feeling or needing. And it says in the Bible that we're to prefer other people over ourselves. If we stay in that position, we walk in humility. When you're preferring other people over your own self and their need, you tend to be a person who's walking in humility rather than puffed up thinking that we know a thing. I think we can all do a better job. And, and Jesus was asked a question by the disciples. Someday we're going to do a teaching on the disciples. They were a motley crew till he got a hold of them. I mean, they were really something. Only one of them stood out on the interview, and that was Judas. But that's, that's a whole other story. But it's, uh, it's Matthew 18. And it, at this time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They must have been jockeying for a position. They wanted to know where they were going to be. And then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as dear little children, you, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven." And, and, and that's saying that humility is something that God wants in all of his people and that he wants us to be as dear little children. Now, we're all products of our life, the way we were raised, things that were done for us, things that were done to us. We all have things that didn't go quite right. Can I see the hands of all the people? You've had things in your life. They just didn't go quite right. They can make you bitter. Or they can make you better. You can allow them to humble you. Or you can say that wasn't right. And I'm going to tell them. And I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. The problem with many people is. They've given away too many pieces of their mind. We need every piece that we have. And honey when we get this message. The, the word. I, I, I forgot to send it to them here. Uh, but. Uh, to humble means to make low, to debase, to lower oneself. It describes a person who is devoid of arrogance and self-exaltation, a person willingly submitted to God, modest, low in nature, humble attitude, unselfish concern, totally unselfish concern for the welfare of others, and a total absence of arrogance, conceit, and haughtiness. Have you ever been around people that maybe you couldn't put your finger on it, but after you've just heard this, they're a little arrogant, a little haughty, a little, a little just whatever? We, we were in a situation not too long ago, 
And I told Pam, I said, and this was before this message. I've been working on this. It felt like the Lord gave me this message a couple of weeks ago to begin. But uh, I, I came home and I said, honey, every time I'm around those people, I feel funny. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, I don't know. Just something's not something's not right. And uh, she said, what do you think it is? I said, I don't know. But the word that continually comes to me is haughty. And I don't even know what it means. <laughs> Have you ever had something drop in your spirit? And it's like, I don't even know what the word haughty means. I think I know what it means, but I don't know what it means. I had to look the word up. And after I looked the word up, I thought, ah, I got my finger on what's wrong with those people. Now, not to judge them, but they were always putting other people down. They were always lifting themselves up. And everything was about them, 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 them. And it was, it, was like, it was like a chalkboard where you rub on it the wrong way being around them. It was like it was, it was just not right. You've been in a situation like that? You know, a critical spirit is a manifestation of a haughty spirit. Yeah. Uh, because they, a haughty spirit always finds fault with people. And uh, in the end, they will lift up themselves is not being like that, you know, but these people are like that. And so it, it manifests. I, when I was praying about this message this afternoon, when Pastor Bill gave it to me, that's what came to me. Um, have you ever been, uh, and I've been in these situations where you're with someone and you go, just say you go to eat, you know, the, the cook doesn't cook it right. The server doesn't serve it right. The person who takes your money doesn't take it fast enough. Have you been around that? That, that, is a, that is a haughty spirit, someone who finds fault with everything everybody else does. But if you, if you listen, they don't ever find much fault with themselves. And that's, that's what humility is a lack of being able, I think, to really see that without Christ, we couldn't do it either. <laughs> So we walk in a position where, you know, we die daily. Paul said, I die daily. Uh, that's what that means. It's I die daily to self-exaltation and I live my life to exalt Jesus. And humility always exalts Jesus. Uh, a proud and arrogant spirit never exalts the Lord. It exalts man. The world looks at humility as a weakness. God looks at humility as a strength. And when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, that the meek shall inherit the earth, that is one of the attributes of humility. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit also. But uh, when, you do, when, you, when you look at what it says in the commentary, it says for the definition, meek does not denote weakness, but rather controlled strength. And when I, when I read that, I thought about the pastor that we sat under for about 10 years out in Tulsa, Pastor Billy Joe. He's in heaven right now. But he was probably one of the most humble men that I have ever known or been around. But he was no weakling. <laughs> he was very strong. And we were sitting in a meeting one time, and, and, and the finance director was fairly new. And Billy Joe found out that by depositing the money on a Sunday— uh, you would accrue your interest from the time you deposited on Sunday versus waiting till Monday or Tuesday to count the offerings. And the offerings of a church of about $10,000 were quite significant. So when he found out about it, we were all in a meeting called the advisory board. And when we were at the meeting, the director of finance was there. And, and he said, Van, it, uh, 
I didn't say the name, did I? Good. No. Glory to God. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. And, and anyway, uh, he said, uh, from now on, I think that we should, he, he always had a very uh, humble ability to understate what was a command. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, you all know what I'm talking about. You don't have to shout a command. If, you, if, if you're humble and you've got the authority of Almighty God, all you've got to do is speak it. And he said, he said uh, I, I want us to start doing the offering on Sunday. And the guy said, we can't do it on Sunday. We don't have enough help. We don't have enough people. And I'll never forget, Billy Joe looked at him and said, I don't want to say that name again. <laughs> Mr. Smith, <laughs> it isn't up for discussion we're counting the offering on Sunday. Is that really clear? And Mr. Smith said, yes, it is. Now, some people would have to yell and scream that because that seems to be their nature, their carnal nature. Does that make sense to you? But you don't have to yell and scream. You can be very humble to say, no, this is the way it is. And he was the perfect example in my life of controlled strength, but very humble and would never make people feel bad about themselves. I never heard him ever, ever say a negative word about anybody. You know, um, firmness is not a sign of um, somebody being angry or lording it over somebody. It's not a sign of pride. A firmness can be done with humility. It's, it has to do with the heart. Everybody say the heart. It's the attitude yeah. of the heart. Yeah. And so when Pastor Billy Joe would say something, it could be very firm. But his heart was not about it lifting him up. His heart was always to take care of people. And so the attitude of his heart when he spoke firmly or with authority never was taken like who does he think he is just because he's the pastor or just because he's this person or that person. It was, it was always received because you just knew that his heart was not to put anybody down. It was to accomplish what God had called him to accomplish. You know, humility is really someone who knows without God, they can do nothing, but with God, they can do all things, which produces a great confidence, which can come across as firmness, but their heart is right. It's not because of who they are. It's because of who they are in Christ and the position God's placed them in. And every single one of us like to hang out with people who are humble, whether you know it or not, you enjoy that. And that's what Jesus was like. And in Philippians 2, 8, it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In other words, Jesus humbled himself as an act of his will. Now, that's something that we all have the ability to do through the Holy Spirit, to be humble. So everybody say, I have the ability. I have the ability. To walk in humility. To walk in humility. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't always do a good job, though. <laughs> no, I do a good we, job. We have to yield to that to realize that a haughty spirit tries to make you feel justified 
because somebody else is not doing what they should be doing. And it shows on your countenance. You can walk into a room and you can feel that spirit immediately of an individual if they're really not right with God. And I've been there and I've done that. And, and I've had to repent to the Lord and to you and say, honey, I'm really sorry I handled that wrong. As if I had to tell you, you knew I handled it wrong. But, but it's always trying to move toward the center of being in the will and realizing it's not about us, it's about Jesus. How much can I act like Jesus? What would Jesus do in this situation? And and a haughty spirit is, well, like you said earlier, you know, yeah, those people, they never do it right, and you always have to wait here. I don't know about you, but I am beginning to recognize the people that brighten the room when they leave it. We should be the people who brighten the room when we come in. But how many of you know that there are some people that when you're around them, they just seem to grate on you because of their constant, haughty, negative, negative, negative. And I believe that this is so important because, and I said this to to Pam earlier today, I believe that once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and the blood of Jesus has cleansed you of all sin, you have eternity. But if you look at some scriptures and you just take them for what they are, Jesus said, if you don't humble yourself, you're not even going to get into the kingdom. Now, I believe there was a whole lot more to what he was preaching there than saying that if you're not humble, you're not going to heaven. I believe there's a whole lot more than that, but I believe he was stressing the extreme importance of humility. Humility is extremely important. And honey, not only that, but when we look in Proverbs and, and, and the Scriptures, humility will bring promotion into our life with the Lord. Well, and in Philippians 2, Paul said, let this mind be in, in you, which was in Christ yeah. Jesus, who humbled himself. So, it, uh, you know, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, I think it is, where it says we have the mind of Christ. Well, if, he ha- if we have his mind, then we walk with humility. Because humility is really being a servant. That's what Jesus was. He was a servant. And, and a humble person can always serve other people, regardless of whether they get uh, noticed or the accolades. They're, they're always willing to serve because they're, they're not looking for what, how they're going to be exalted. They're looking to make sure someone else's needs are met. And that's that's humility. I When I went to the IRS with my mother, or not the IRS, the Social Security office, and, uh, you know, in the government offices, it's very, it's very um, to the letter of the law. You know, I didn't see a sign that you couldn't use a phone. Uh, and so I needed to find out something. I picked up my phone, and this man came over and said, no phones are allowed in this room. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. And then, (laughs) I know, I did, I didn't, I know, I know, but I didn't know. And so, but I did have that thought. Nobody's on their phone. But I thought, well, you know, I didn't think no phone. So then I went outside and then I came back in and the lady who waited on us, uh, when I got relayed, I felt, (laughs) I just said, you know, you do a wonderful job here. Now, in my heart, I don't think they do a wonderful job there. <laughs> but, but I believe that the Lord, everybody say the Lord, the Lord, wants to encourage people. 
So humility is not being concerned about how they treated me or what they did to me. It's about what God wants them to believe about themselves. And I'm not trying to lift myself up, but I did. I said, I said, you know, you just are very efficient here. And I'm thinking, I just must have hit you on a good day because the last time I was here, you weren't efficient. But I didn't say that <laughs> because, you know, I'm just telling you that humility is a choice. Humility isn't a feeling. It's just like love. You, we choose to be a servant. We choose to serve the Lord in that situation and encourage people rather than tell them. How many of you know people know when they're doing a lousy job? They don't need somebody to say, you know, you really are doing a lousy job. They need someone to speak what the word says, and that takes humility. It's not talking about what happened to you. It's making sure that what happens to them blesses them. No McDonald's worker ever went through the drive through window to work thinking, I think I'll screw up everybody's order today. <laughs> In other that words, really we have the me. ability. Yeah. No, we have the ability to make everybody's day better if we're about the work of the Lord. And really what Pam did, that's Romans 4.17. God speaks those things that are not as if they were. That lady probably worked better after she heard those words. Well, she was at least smiling. And when she came to get us, she wasn't smiling. So how many of you know those are words of encouragement? They bring life. The word of the Lord brings life to people. See, tell your neighbor, I I bring life everywhere I go. I bring life everywhere I go. Or you bring something else. (laughs) The The choice is yours. But but you have that ability everywhere you go to make people feel better about themselves. You know, you come through the drive-through window and you're not thinking about, oh, look how long it took me to get here and give me that drink. No, no, hey, have a great day today. I really hope you have a wonderful day today. You'd be probably one of the few that did that, especially when that line is moving really slow. Or but, they they cheat. They what? They cheat in that line. People they they want to it's supposed to be every other person. Oh. Have you ever been there? And they beat you out. What do you they're, do? They're more what do you do? What do you do? I used to get upset. I just say, go ahead. I know you would. But I didn't. But then the Lord made me sit and wait so many times that I finally got the message. And so I started blessing them instead of being upset. How many of you know God will teach you? And yep. he will also watch you. That's right. To see if you pass the test. I don't want to keep getting beat that's out right. of my place. So I pass the test. And if you're not, and, and if now, you're not, they, now I get my turn. That's right. And if you're not listening to God, that's why He gave you husbands. Yes, that's right. What what we do, what we do though, is I, I know this. It's okay. I don't pay any attention really. When I'm walking in humility, yeah. and there are times I don't. I, I understand that. I'm not saying I perfect this. I have not. But when I'm walking in humility, I am at total peace with myself. I like me. When I am arrogant and conceited and get off a little bit, I can't stand me. Because the spirit inside me, that's why people lash out. They, they lash out with anger because they're angry with themselves. If you're at peace with yourself, you're going to be walking like, talking like, and acting like Jesus. But if you're not at peace with yourself, you're not any good to anybody. You might as well go in the closet, shut the door, and don't come out till you get it right. Okay, now, here, I want, to, I want to read the scripture to you. In Proverbs, there's a lot in the Bible about this. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride, just the opposite of humility, will bring him low. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. 
honor will come upon and overtake those people who are walking with humility. And I want to read a few scriptures here real quickly to you. But on humility, Moses, this is Numbers 12, 3. Uh, now Moses was very humble more than all of the men who were on the face of the earth. And what did God do? God picked Moses. Deuteronomy 8.2, Lord God led you those 40 years in the desert to humble you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better do it yourself. Better do it yourself. We were facing a situation the other day, and, and I, was, I was out praying, and I felt like it was a matter of, of pride, a little bit of arrogance, and some haughtiness that was going on. And, and I, I said, God, I don't want to judge anybody. He said, no, but what I want you to do is love them because if they don't humble themselves, rest assured, I will. If they don't, rest assured, I will. Why would God go out of his way to humble somebody? Because he promotes the humble. And he wants the very best for you. So when we get off into arrogance and pride and all of the things associated with us, conceit and haughtiness, what is God going to do? He's going to humble us if we won't do it for ourselves because he loves us. Not to hurt us, but to help you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, tell your neighbor, God wants you humble. Yeah, God wants you humble. When we're humble, we're soft, we're pliable. Uh, Proverbs uh, nine twelve. when he avenges blood, he remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the humble. Uh, Psalms ten twelve. arise, O Lord, or God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Psalms ten seventeen. Lord, you heard the cry of the humble. Psalms 25, 9, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. And then when you get over here into haughty and proud and arrogant, this is Proverbs 16, 18, and 19. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. I can tell you that there have been times in my life when I have humbled myself because of situations and circumstances, and it went very well with me. I can tell you there have been a lot of times in my life when I haven't humbled myself, and God has done it for me. I can tell you from firsthand experience, it is better to humble yourself than to let God make an example of you. I can tell you from first-hand experience, it works. It works. Either way, because God's love for us, either we do it ourselves, or he'll say, okay, I'll take care of it for you. And, and when he does it, it's not pleasant. Well, and I think a lot of it is to take out of us ourself. Yep. Our self-reliance. Everybody say self-reliance. A humble person depends on God. A proud person depends on themselves. Yeah. And when we are depending on ourselves, we're subject to a fall because pride goes before the fall. When we're walking in humility, then we have a stability in our lives that keeps us because we're really counting on God to make the difference in the situation and not ourselves. And so there's a real uh, opportunity in our life. I, I, was, I read this and I was going to... I was telling my husband, in the, just in the regular uh, dictionary, what it says about haughty. Having or showing the insulting attitude of people who think that they are better 
smarter or more important than other people. Isn't that easy to, to help us understand what haughty is? They think they're better, smarter, or more important than other people. And, you know, it can be as simple as, um, you know, I don't want to wait in this long line. Have any of you ever cut the line, you know, with people waiting? I did that once at a funeral. At a, at a, you know, when you're, you see somebody and they say, come stand by me. And their way up there in the line is 40 million miles long. And I'm in a hurry. Everybody say in a hurry. And uh, in this one situation, I was supposed to be there and meet this person, but I went up and got in line with them. The whole time I was up there, I felt bad about being there. And how many of you know the people around you feel bad about you being there too? Yeah. It's just true. Well, there's, we don't have to humble ourselves, go to the back of the line, and somebody may come and get you and take you right to the very front of the line. The Bible even says if you go into a situation and, and you're going into a, a banquet hall, don't take the seat of honor. Take the lowest seat and let somebody come get you and put you in the seat of honor. Everybody say humility. That's humility. How many of you know somebody that needs to hear this message? Okay. In, in uh, the book, is that Kelly back there? Yeah. Hi, Kelly. How are you? <laughs> Kelly, there was a point in time, possibly even to this day, I don't think anybody brought more visitors to church than Kelly. Only problem was we never saw Kelly. <laughs> Give Kelly a hand. It's good to see you. Jay. <laughs> James, James chapter 4, I want to read this to you. It says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then in verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. When we were on staff in Tulsa, and I did learn this message the hard way, and I'm still learning. I'm trying not to learn it the hard way. But when we were on staff in Tulsa, uh, in the very beginning, it was quite obvious that God was opening the door. Nothing that I had done, nothing you had done. God was just supernaturally opening the door, and we were just walking. We weren't even walking through it. They were pulling us through the door. And, and there were a few times it was... You know, uh, I, I, you know the, the guy, I just finished Bible school, and the guy came up and said, hey, how would you like to direct the Bible school? I thought, whoa, I must be something. Now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's how it was at that stage in my life. That's why God says don't take a novice and move him ahead too soon because he can kind of think it's all up to him, and it wasn't up to me. And I'm not going to go through all the examples of how God humbled me in the process, but some of them were pretty vivid that this isn't about you. It would kind of be like the donkey taken to bow as he took Jesus into Jerusalem. It wasn't about the donkey. It was about who was on the donkey. And, and so what happens is God will bring things to happen that you realize that oh my goodness, that shouldn't have happened. I know better. I didn't mean to do that. But that was the Lord humbling me where you think it was a mistake. Does that make sense what I just said to you? What it really is, is the Lord taking you to task, loving you in the process, but saying, okay, they're not getting this. They're not humbling themselves. I love them enough. I'm going to humble them in that area of their life so that then I can exalt them where I want them to be. And then over in First Peter, honey, it says the same thing. First Peter chapter 5. And uh, 
we, we, you saw that in me from time to time. I know you did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't like to be that way, but I think that in our carnal nature, if we're careful, not careful, you can sometimes, I, I can think of some people in ministry that are, or, or that were in ministry that are out of ministry right now. I remember one pastor, I'm not going to call him by name, but he was one of the most, in my opinion, I thought he was very haughty and very arrogant. If I told you who he was, you'd know him if you're over 40 or 50. And when he'd come to Victory Christian Center, he'd come in with this beautiful, beautiful, always had a brand new Jaguar, Cadillac, Mercedes, whatever. And I remember the one day he pulled in to, to Pastor Doherty and he said, when do you get rid of that old car and drive a car that represents the ministry that we have? You know, you ought to really do that. And, and, and this guy ended up out of the ministry, almost went to jail. And uh, he's totally out of the ministry right now. And another guy that was, you know, real haughty all the time. And, and I used to wonder, God, how can you use these people? Because I can tell there's something wrong with them. Do you all know what I'm talking about? And, 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 and this one person who had a church, God was really growing the church. And all of a sudden, bam, something came up. It got exposed. And he's out of ministry now, too. He had a church of about 6,000 people. And uh, God just took them right out. Because, in, in, in my opinion, and what surfaced was they would not humble themselves. And, you know, it's not, it's not God who wants to demote people. Mm -mm. But it <clears throat> is God who promotes people. Because the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or west, but it comes from God himself. And over the time, I've seen if people will not humble themselves, God will put them in a position, you know, where they have opportunity to repent. How many of you know, aren't you glad that God gives us opportunity to turn around or to make a change? But if they don't, then eventually the enemy will take advantage of that weakness in their life and at some point they will fall and the further they've gone the more people who fall with them mm. and that's when it really becomes a, a tragedy in ministry but I think that's true in any arena of life you know when people get elevated too quickly or they're in a position where they can't handle it and I had a leader say to me not too long ago that oftentimes what happens is people have strongholds everybody say strongholds and they don't manifest until they get in a position where they're lifted up. And then, then it manifests. That's right. And God in his mercy will warn. He'll, he'll warn in those situations for someone to, to stop, you know, to be awakened to that. But if they won't, then the enemy, everybody say the enemy. The enemy will take advantage of that situation, harden their heart, and they will end up falling due to that pride. And so it's very important that if, if for promotion, everybody say promotion. I mean, how many of you want to fulfill your divine destiny? Then every one of us here, I, I know we do. Well, then we're going to have to learn to walk in new levels of humility because the only thing that took Jesus to the, Christ, uh, to the cross, it says in Philippians 2, was his humility. He humbled himself even to the point of <clears throat> death. And so, you know, for, the, for a person to become a, a servant and more and more be aware of other people's needs instead of their own, it takes uh, us making a decision to let God humble us and put us in a second position rather than in the first position. Does that make sense? 
<clears throat> it does, honey. And I want to read to you out of First Peter chapter 5. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the hand of Almighty God, that he may exalt you in due season. Now, I want to read one other scripture to you here. And uh, it's in First Corinthians. And, and it's in First Corinthians 13. And you may wonder, well, what does that have to do with humility? Love flows through humility. And if you understand this, every single one of us have a spirit in us from our carnal nature that is the spirit of haughtiness. And you can tell when it acts up. Whenever you are talking about somebody to another person, that is a haughty spirit. Let me, let me see your hands if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, let me see your hands if you understand. Oh, wait, that wasn't enough hands. Let me see your hands if you all understand what I just said. Okay, now let me see the hands of all the people who know somebody who's done that. See, what happens in is we don't understand that. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll use Brad as an example because Brad knows I wouldn't talk about him. <laughs> but, you, you know, Brad's got this problem. Actually, you and I do discuss things. This is not a good example because we are one. And we have discussed things for the betterment of everybody. So I'll say this. I'll come over to Sandy and say, Sandy, have you heard about Brad? Do you know what he's doing? He, he, I can't understand that. Well, I don't understand why he does that. That's a haughty spirit. That's a haughty spirit. Every single one of us at one time or another has manifested that spirit. If something that Brad is doing that is important enough to me to be shown, I need to go talk to Brad. That makes sense? In humility and meekness, hey, Brad, let's talk about this. Not to Sandy, not to David, not to anybody else, not to Mike, but to that person. That's how the unity of the Spirit comes into play when we do that. Now, if you live this life of humility, 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 4 through 8, is easy. It's easy to love people who aren't lovely if you're humble. That makes sense to you? Turn your name and say, I'm getting it so far. And honey, you can read it, but it's, for, it's first, uh, uh, excuse me, it's uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, which is, you, you got the Amplified, you got the woman's Bible, okay. I'm going to get, I'll, I'll get first, <laughs> First Corinthians 13, do we have women visitors? I do like women, by the way, you visitors. <laughs> Let's see the hands of all the visitors. We forgot to welcome. Well, we did welcome you. One, two, three, four, five. Let's give them a warm welcome. We are glad that you're here. If you have a church, we know you probably want to stay where you are. But if you don't have a church, we know you want to stay where you are right here because we want you. We'd love to have you. Great, exciting children's ministry, youth ministry. First uh, Corinthians thirteen four. Love suffers long and is. I'm going to do this quickly because I want to read you the commentary. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Doesn't behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hears all things. And hopes all things endures all things love never fails let's all say i can do that yeah. tell your neighbor i can do it if i'm humble now listen to this commentary if you're a humble person you're going to read this and say oh yeah if you're not a humble person and you're prone to be a little bit aggravated with people you're going to say i don't know about that love i'm going to check your face as soon as i'm done <laughs> 
Love, <laughs> love suffers. No, check your neighbor's face right now. Just check it real quick. Okay. All right. We'll check it when I get hint done here. You can check it for me. Love suffers long having patience with imperfect people. Love is kind, active in doing good. Love does not envy since it is non-possessive and non-competitive. It actually wants other people to get ahead. I tell you what, after every sentence, we just ought to really applaud or cheer or hallelujah. A little weak, but okay. Hence, it does not parade itself. Love is a self-effacing quality. It is not ostentatious. Love is not puffed up, treating others arrogantly. It does not behave rudely. Amen. Thank you for that one amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, when's he going to finish? But displays good manners and courtesy. Love does not seek its own insisting on its own rights and demanding precedence whether it is totally unselfish love is never provoked let me see the hands of all the people who know somebody gets provoked <laughs> liar liar pants on fire love is not provoked it is not irritable never irritable Never touchy, rough, or hostile. Are you paying attention? Okay. Uh, rough or hostile, but is graceful under pressure. Love thinks, never thinks evil. It does not keep an account. You really listen now. Love does not keep an account of wrongdoings done to it. Instead, it erases resentments. Love does not rejoice in inequity. Basically, when others get theirs, you don't rejoice. Finding satisfaction in the shortcoming of others and spreading. Spreading evil reports. Rather, it rejoices in the truth, aggressively advertising the good. Love bears all things, defending and holding other people up. Love believes the best about others and only credits others with good intentions and is not suspicious. Love hopes. Love never gives up on people, but affirms their future. Love endures everything. You cannot do that without humility. Arrogance, conceit, haughtiness will say, yeah, but. And people need to get their butt out of the way. B-U-T. <laughs> Drop the butt, right. Yeah. Or you can just rip this page out, which is what a lot of people, that's, yeah. Oh, it says a lot more in here, too. It does say, does not display itself haughtily in the Amplified. So, uh, you know, I was thinking when I was thinking about this message and his, my husband was talking, my husband actually, he wouldn't say this, but but Bill is very humble. I mean, he, I've learned from him. When I've wanted to go on a war path, he's, he always looks for the best in situations. And uh, I appreciate that in him. But my dad was a person, and, and this to me is humility. When people care about other people more than they care about themselves, when you go to talk with them, they ask what you're doing. They ask about you. They want to hear about you. People who are concentrating on themselves want to tell you who they are and what they're doing. And, uh, but people who have humility uh, are wanting to know, how are you doing? 
And when my dad's funeral, uh, the the young people were given an opportunity. We couldn't give everybody an opportunity because everybody would might want to say something. But my my all the grandsons got up to speak, and one of the great grandsons, and and almost every one of them said, whenever I would go see Grandpa, he would say, "Sit down here and tell me, what have you been doing?" And even though he was sick, and he could barely talk, and he was on oxygen, he never talked about how he was doing. He wanted to know how we were doing. Everybody say humility. The, the humility in a person is not something that's made up. It, it comes out of the nature of God on the inside of them and how much we let the nature of the Holy Spirit and, and what God would do in a situation. But I believe that's really, uh, not that people shouldn't share what they're doing, but when you get done with a conversation, you can look and say, do they have any idea what I'm doing or do I just know what they're doing? And, and then you begin to be in, begin to differentiate between humility and pride, because pride always talks about itself. Humility always wants to know about somebody else. That's a good word, honey. Let's all stand to our feet. <clears throat> if you're walking in humility, you will never be walking in pride, arrogance, haughtiness. But if you're not walking in humility you will eventually be walking in all of those. And God has given us the ability to do it. God never tells us anything in His Word or by His Spirit that we haven't been given the ability to do. And in just a minute, Pam's going to pray for you, but would you bow your heads with me? And I want to ask you this question. Jesus humbled Himself to the point of death so that he could provide eternity for each and every one of us. Mankind was full of sin, but God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus so that not one person would perish, but that every person would have an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And maybe tonight you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart and take control of your life and take away all of the sin. Or maybe you're here and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter. You know that you have walked away from the things of God. I declare, declare to you that God loves you, but God is calling you back home. And if you're here and you say, that's me, Pastor, I know my life is not right. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. 
To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.